It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again. My name is Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions podcast. And as I'm recording today, we're in mid-June. Metro Philadelphia is still in the yellow phase, or I guess you would say stage one of opening up. This last weekend, we were out near Pittsburgh, which actually is the second or green phase. And boy, we were helping Ryan move into his home out there, getting ready for his uh, graduate year of college. And the difference between the yellow phase and the green phase, let me tell you, is... uh, is pretty big. I can't wait for our area to get to the green phase. And I was talking with someone today and they were talking about their, their office reopening and going back to work and how they were going to be, you know, doing the social distancing and kind of flexing people in and out, still some at home, still now some at the office and what that's going to look like as we are still moving through the different phases. Uh, and that's what we're dealing with here. Of course, Delaware, their first phase is a little different, even with Maryland. I think Maryland is actually in the second phase. Of course, you talk about, I talk to clients that are down south, friends down south, and they're definitely in the, um, in the second phase. So, but it, one of the things that, with regards to that, the person I was talking to earlier today and the idea of going back to work, it reminded me of some conversations that I have had with clients just over the last two or three months. And these are people that used to be retired or had taken an early retirement. And because of this situation that's gone on with COVID-19 and the shutting down and people not coming in, is that they have had companies contact them about wanting to come back to work in a consulting type of situation. And one of the deep discussions I had with one client is I think it's important for us to understand when we are looking at opportunities of that, going back to work, or maybe you already are working and you're looking at doing some consulting, there's different ways that we can get paid for our labor. And what I was going over with them was specifically the things you want to be aware of in the event the company is going to treat you as a W-2 employee versus a 1099 employee or as a, quote, independent contractor, and how that gets paid to you is definitely going to affect how much tax you have to pay, what you can write off. Maybe does it make sense, depending on how much they're going to pay, how long you're looking to do this, should I form an LLC or a corporation? And the different things around that, I know, and I can tell you in my conversation with her, she was not aware of many of the things I brought up based on both of those two scenarios, 1099 or being taxed as a corporation. And that's what I want to go over today, is it is important for us to recognize the different ways that we get paid for our labor. And if we're not really attuned to it, in some cases, it can be a massive wake-up call on how much tax we owe or what we cannot deduct. And that's what I want to go over today is to just go back over that conversation I had with her. I think this will really be helpful for those that maybe are going to, you know, have this opportunity or get these calls, or even if you wanted to do a side hustle, 
making sure that we understand the different ways we get paid and the different taxes and deductions that can or cannot be taken. But before we do that, let's make sure we jump into the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so this is a conversation I've had numerous times over the years, most recently just within the last month. And the situation is this, had a client took an early or, t- or retired, and then about six months later, somebody came to them, a firm came to them, and was asking her if she would be willing to come on board with them in a consulting role. And so she wanted to talk to me about, you know, does this make sense for me to do? What do I need to be aware of in potentially taking this offer and at least beginning discussions? Where should I, you know, how should I price myself out? What should I be worrying about with taxes, deductions? And as I said, many times I've had the conversation and the situations have been different. So the one thing I said to her is I said, well, let's, do we know how you're going to be paid? Are you going to be paid as a W-2 employee or are you going to be paid as a 1099 independent contractor? And those two scenarios are very different with regards to tax cost and write-off opportunities. So the first thing we want to realize is with the Tax Act that went into effect in 2018 is that if you are a W-2 employee, there are really no business-related deductions that you could have used in 2017. You can't use them anymore. Those deductions are gone. So for instance, let's say you have uniforms that have to be done. You have to carry your own insurances, like E&O type of insurance or liability insurances. You have continuing education maybe in, in your field that you have to do. And you used to be responsible for paying those. Well, you used to be able to use that as a business deduction, as an employee-related expense. You can't do that anymore. So whatever you were writing off before, mileage, for instance, none of that if you're being paid W-2 can you use anymore. If you're an independent contractor, what you also have to recognize there is that now you're responsible for both sides of Social Security and Medicare, which currently total 15.3%. Plus, you have to have federal income tax then on that money, and potentially, in the state you live, you might have to pay state tax, and even, I know here in Pennsylvania, we have different local municipalities that charge an earned income tax, and that is going to be paid whether you're 1099 or 
W-2. Now, so we recognize then with the 1099, there's the potential of an increased tax obligation. But the other thing is, we get a lot of potential write-offs now because we are independent. And actually, what we're going to do is we're going to fill out a Schedule C on our tax return. And this is where you would want to discuss this with your accountant, is based on what the job is or what the consulting is you're going to do, what can I write off? So in this case, one of my questions was, okay, are you going to be traveling or are you going to mainly be doing this from your home? You know, are you going to be using their facilities or yours? You know, so if it's mileage and we're traveling, can we write off the mileage as we're going to those different locations? Because our home base is our starting point. And now I might have, let's say I have 10 different places I potentially would have to, or even three, I would have to travel to and what that would look like. My talking with her was, is that if you're going to be 1099 independently, are you going to look to quote out to them a hourly rate? And if you do, you want to take into consideration the potential increase in that Social Security and Medicare taxation. But you also want to recognize that you're going to have write-offs. Are they going to be paying you by hour or are they going to pay you by project? And so then you also have to think about that. Okay, if it's going to be a project, how many hours is this going to take? And what's the revenue that is going to be taken in from that? The other thing we want to realize is if we're W-2 employee versus a 1099, we also can consider labor law. If it's W-2, then the employer gets to tell you when and where you have to be. If you're an independent contractor, Technically, under the labor laws, they don't have that right. You show up whenever it is, as long as you're getting the job done, then they're going to pay you, whether it's hourly at home or at their office or by project. So there's a couple other things you want to be thinking about. Sometimes I'll get the, uh, the question, well, does it make sense for me to set up an LLC or a corporation? And this is, again, where you really have to look at who you're going to work for, how long you're going to be there in what capacity, and is there enough revenue that is going to be coming into the corporate? First of all, is the firm you're going to work for, are they even willing to pay a corporation? I've had situations where the firm wasn't willing to do it. It was a 1099 miscellaneous income directly to the individual, not a corporation. So that's one thing that we would definitely want to ask. The other thing is uh, if we are going to look to set up an LLC or a corporation, is the revenue or the income that's going to come into that entity, does it warrant the potential extra administration responsibilities that those LLCs and or corporations have? The other thing is, with regards to an LLC, if it's just me, then I'm a sole proprietor. I'm basically going to get taxed no different than being a 1099 independent contractor. You know, so then this is where you have to talk to an accountant. Do we want to elect that the LLC or the corporation is going to be taxed differently? Maybe it's going to be taxed as an S corp. Maybe it's going to be taxed as a C corp. But we have to make that election after the company is formed. And I always tell people it really depends on how long you want it to be around. Second of all, the how much revenue or how much income is going to go through that. And then one of the things I discussed with her specifically about this is the idea of if it is set up as an independent contractor 
and you have the ability to do that, what potential liability are you going to be subjected to? So in this case, it's in the HR world. Are you potentially, if you're giving advice on certain situations that are happening with the employees or creating policies, and then the company gets sued, can they come back and sue you? So then you want to have a clear understanding on where that liability falls. And in the event it potentially falls on you, that could be why you look to do an LLC or a corporation. I would also suggest, just as I did in discussing it with her, you might want to reach out to an attorney to find out what that potential liability is. And if there are certain insurances that you could purchase to help guard against any potential liability that would fall back on you or the company. Because obviously we don't want to have a situation that happens later on where there was a liability issue that we weren't aware of, and then we do get sued. Next thing you know, everything that the company gave us when we were working as a consultant is lost to uh, legal fees or judgments. So really important to look at that. So, you know, I wanted to go over that. As you can see, there are a lot of questions that when you are looking to do this, am I going to be W-2'd? Is it going to be as an independent contractor? What are going to be my responsibilities? Am I signing a contract with the company itself? Who should be signing that? Me individually? This is where, again, maybe a company makes more sense. Am I going to be traveling, working from home? What are my potential write-offs? You know, if you're going to be a W-2 employee, but they want you working out of your home, and then you're going to be traveling all over the place, if I can't write that mileage off, well, you know, the savings on that other half of Medicare and Social Security probably isn't worth it unless I potentially negotiate a mileage reimbursement directly from the company. So again, there's a lot of things to go over and consider in the event you are looking to get back into the workforce. Or even if you're, like I said, if you're already in the workforce, you're looking to do a side hustle, what's going to be the most efficient way for me to be structured, have that money come into it, and understanding the responsibilities that I have if I'm setting up a company, a corporation, an LLC, because that gets thrown a lot, a lot. Hey, should I set an LLC up? Now, there's, a, there's more to that. We want to make sure we're not just setting it up to set it up, but it really is fulfilling a purpose that benefits us in the long run. So I wanted to go over that. If you have any specific questions on that or you are looking at it, feel free to reach out, either speakwithmat.com. My online schedule is there, www.speakwithmat.com. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone call. I'll be more than happy to go over these different situations and what would be best for you. Or you can pick up the phone, give us a call, 610-719-3003. Feel free to call into the office and schedule a time there as well. The other thing I wanted to go over today is I got another question, and it seems like this comes up all the time. And I wanted to just address it. Before I do, I just want to go ahead and let everyone know I am not an attorney. So in the event that this is something you think you want to do, you definitely want to reach out to an estate attorney and have your personal situation discussed with them, and then they can advise you. But this is Leo from Maryland. says, is it wise to have a trust as part of my financial and estate plan? It seems that a lot of people I know have one. And so the, the, I get this question a lot, and I think what we want to recognize is, why is a trust valuable? For most people, most of the time, the trust is a way that when you have assets inside the trust, 
especially non-qualified assets, our car, our home, specifically property, real estate property, other items within there. I can have checking and savings accounts. Is that that is going to bypass the probate system when we pass. So it makes it an easier, potentially, an easier transition for our heirs. That's one of the biggest benefits. Now, we can get into more specific trusts. You can get into asset protection trusts for your heirs with regards to how they inherit the assets. But the biggest thing to think about with regards to the trust is the bypassing of probate. I would say secondary is asset protection for the assets that you want to go to the heirs. So, Leo, what I would tell you, if a lot of other people have one, is ask them why. What was the reason they got one? And then have a personal conversation with an estate attorney. Again, an estate attorney that concentrates in estate law to see if one makes sense for you. Because the reality is, you know, if it's more than just a will and the power of attorney and medical directive, the trust is going to get into another cost. You want to be aware of that and really be able to analyze what those benefits are, and does it make sense for you to go that route? And that, again, is where you want to talk to an attorney to see if the trust is a viable use of those legal documents in your situation. I will say this, because I see this a lot, and that is people will go to an attorney, they'll have all of their legal documents drawn up, so a will, a power of attorney, medical directive, living will, and a trust, And the issue then is they never fund the trust. What does funding the trust mean? It means that you are moving assets. So for instance, I'll use Maggie and I. We move our home that currently is deeded to both of us. We would then move that deed into the name of our trust. Because if it still sits on the outside and it's just between Maggie and I personally, and I had that great trust drawn up and I've got those beautiful leather-bound documents, that trust means absolutely nothing to me if I haven't funded it. Or maybe I need to change my beneficiary designations on the different assets I have, bank accounts, financial instruments, life insurance, investment accounts. And is the trust written to where it can accept that and then move it out accordingly to whatever my wishes are, my heirs? I will say this. A trust, just like your other legal documents, your will, your power of attorneys, your living will, medical directives, this is why I believe it's so important to be dealing with an estate attorney that is doing these things on a constant basis and paying attention to the the law changes that could affect the language within your trust. Many of the clients I have, uh, you know that I had sent emails out after the SECURE Act was passed at the end of 2019, effective January 1 of 2020, make sure you go back and you are reaching out to the attorney that drafted that trust. Does language within the trust need to be changed based on the new SECURE Act? I can speak uh, just most recently, a family member had a power of attorney that was just drafted and executed at the end of 2016. And, uh, the person who was the agent went to go use it and were told, sorry, this is out of date. There has been changes in the state of PA that your power of attorney needs to reflect before we can accept it. So just like a financial plan that is constantly evolving, your legal documents, you want to make sure that you are staying in touch with your 
is state attorney, and in the event those changes are happening, that your documents are updated accordingly. It is extremely, there's no, re, you know, we don't want to just pay for it all today, and then we don't even think about it for 10, 15, 20 years, because laws are constantly changing, and those documents need to be changed accordingly to the, what those new laws say. So well, listen, everyone, that's all I have for today. I hope this has been valuable. If you have a question that you would like for us to review on the show, or if you'd just like to schedule a time to talk to me individually, you can do that at info at smartmoneyquestions.com, or just go right to my online scheduler, www.speakwithmat.com. Again, www.speakwithmat.com. Or now you can also go to smartmoneyquestions.com, go into Ask Matt a Question, and you can actually record a voicemail that comes directly to us with your questions. So many different ways you can get those questions to us and we will get those answered for you. So everyone listen, take care, and we will talk to you soon.